We're going to get into some NBA stuff now, of course. And uh, I do want to touch on the Indians a little bit later as well. But as I said, right now, joining us on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline, he is a writer and editor over at Basketball News. He's also a 92 Through the Fan alum. You can follow him on Twitter at Spin Davies. Spencer Davies joining us today. Spencer, hey man, really appreciate it. I know you and I have never officially met in person, but from one Spencer to another, I'm I'm excited to have you, man. I appreciate that, Spence. Good to hear from you. Um, I'm going to start backtracking a little bit to Friday. I I know you were in the Kobe Altman press conference. Um, Seemed to paint the current state of things with some exaggerated optimism, if you will. He compared the franchise to teams like the Hawks and the Suns, which is fair, but the difference with those teams is, of course, that at some point along the way of their rebuilds, they drafted a superstar like Trey Young or Devin Booker, which unless you think Colin Sexton is that, uh, the Cavs obviously don't have that guy yet. I've had some people ask the question, though, and it's fair. I, I, I can respect it. What is Kobe Altman supposed to say when he comes out for this year-in-review press conference, and I understand that, like I said, but it just felt a little bit too much like self and team propaganda. I guess, what would your response be to the question of what else is Kobe Altman supposed to say? No, yeah, I would have to agree with that. Um, You know, it's just one of those things where it kind of boils down to some lottery luck, to tell you the truth. Um, I know that Devin Booker was taken 13th overall, but that was still a pretty decent draft. You know, Trey Young was taken fifth overall in 2018, same draft that, you know, Colin Sexton was in. But when you look at, you know, who came after Colin Sexton, like with the exception of maybe, you know, Shea Gilgis-Alexander and, and Mikel Bridges possibly, uh, I don't know if you take anyone else there at that spot. Uh, you know, you can look at the 2019 draft with, with uh, you know, Darius Garland in there. You look at the names that come after him, you're like, okay, um, yeah, I'm probably taking Darius Garland there. Uh, Isaac Okoro, that that one's kind of remained to be seen. Obviously, you know, Tyrese Halliburton made a big impact this year, um, and maybe that could have been a, a better pick. But you don't know with Isaac Okoro because you saw some flashes from him at the end of the season. You know, so it's it, it does boil down to some luck. And with those particular franchises, I mean, you mentioned the the Atlanta Hawks and, and Kobe talking about them. Realizing the the off season. Uh, last year when they bring in guys like Danilo Gallinari and Solomon Hill and these veterans that, um, in his words, you know, supplemented that young talent. And that was the go-to word of the entire press conference was supplementing the Cavs' young talent. Um, not necessarily surrounding them, but making sure that you have extra pieces around them that will make it easier on them. Yeah, and, and you know, you hit the nail on the head with the, the luck of the lottery. It feels like that is the thing that like they're just, the Cavs are just waiting for or that Kobe Altman's waiting for is that number one overall pick. They've missed out on it the last few years, which maybe in that regard saying, you know, we're really excited about this young core, I can respect that, but you just, you're just missing that one thing. And it's why on Saturday, you know, I talked a lot about how the, when they changed the lottery in 2019 and the odds of, you know, where you finish – you have lesser odds than you used to, that hurts a team like Cleveland or a franchise like Cleveland because you are a small market. That's how you build a good team is by getting some draft luck, being up there in the top three picks and getting one of those franchise-changing players. Now, you mentioned the veterans, and that's the next thing I want to kind of ask you about in regards to the Cavs. Altman remains adamant that Kevin Love is going to have a big role on this team as they continue this rebuild. 
And this is where I think Altman loses me the most because he tried to sell us on this young up-and-coming core the entire press conference, which again, I understand. But then you throw in, okay, Kevin Love with a bad attitude, he's, he's a part of our plans moving forward too. And that just doesn't seem to add up to me or that doesn't seem to fit for me. And I understand you want some veterans, as you kind of mentioned with the Hawks, you want some veterans in there to sort of guide these young guys. But Kevin Love seems to be just not the right fit in Cleveland anymore. And of course, the contract is an albatross of its own. Are we really to believe that Kevin Love is part of this team's future plans? You know, I actually don't buy it. Um, and it's very rare where, you know, I actually you know have these kinds of theories. But, uh, you know, you don't want to lose any type of leverage you would have in any potential deal. Um, you wouldn't want to lose any kind of, you know, you wouldn't want to make Kevin Love look bad uh, to other teams that possibly right. might be interested into him. You know, like, uh, I think that, you know, the time has come to where both parties need to move on. I just think for the sake of their mentality, for the sake of, you know, just even just helping each other take the next step of their, you know, evolution. You know, Kevin's one of the, the last remaining pieces from a, a long gone era. And, uh, you know, I think it's just better for the Cavs to find somebody else to be a veteran, you know, leader uh, on the floor. And, you know, Kobe talked about how Kevin, you know, was, was reprimanded by the team and he, uh, you know, was, Sorry and stuff like off the court and you know talked to to guys uh, at Cleveland Clinic courts and really kind of showed them that that he was definitely you know uh, regretful of what he did um, at least in this season. But the, the thing for me is that it's just a repeated pattern of behavior, right? And you can't you can't justify that year in year out uh, to not have the emotional intelligence to handle uh, these situations. I understand it's frustrating that. You're not yourself, and you're not, you know, quite producing to the level that, that you used to, and you know the injuries keep piling up. I understand that's a you know a battle, uh, and I don't know that battle, so I can't speak for him. Uh, but I can say that you have to handle yourself battle with with, with more uh, maturity, and uh, you know, not show up your teammates. So I, I think that a split would definitely be helpful. How they go about it, that's something I do not envy Kobe Altman for uh, because it's going to be really hard to trade someone uh, with that contract, with the injury history, um, you know, with his age. Uh, and then secondly, if you're, you're talking about, you know, cutting ties with him, kind of like how the, the Pistons did it with Blake and Blake Griffin, uh, then you're talking about, you know, eating some big time money uh, for the next couple of years. And if you stretch him even more so uh, over the next four to five years, so, uh, you know, they got to figure something out with him, but I don't think it would be best for him to be back. Yeah, I think I and most of Cleveland agree with you that the end is kind of near. It's just, it's funny, and I, I, I understand. Like, you're trying to keep his draft stock up or his trade stock up. You're not trying to, you know, disparage him at all, um, especially if he is a piece you're trying to move. But, you know, it's it's the laser pointer with the cat, like, right? You're, you're distracting the cat, but behind the scenes there's something else going on. And we, it, it's our eyes tell us. That I think it's time for those two, the two parties to move on. He is Spencer Davies joining us on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. You can check him out over at Basketball News and follow him on Twitter at Spin Davies. Let's get into the playoffs a little bit here. Um, full, obviously in full swing, opening up last weekend. We had a lot of close games, a lot of lower seeds getting upsets. 
This weekend, it's been a little bit more lopsided scores, but still some fun stuff happening here. Um, I think this this first round has shown us that even when guys like LeBron, you know, hang it up, you know, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, some of these big time stars, the young talent in the league right now is fun to watch. So my first question to you on the playoffs, which young star to you is the most exciting to watch throughout the first round of the playoffs or has been the most exciting to watch? Oh man, put me on the spot there. <laughs> uh, well, well, he's kind of he's kind of hurt right now, but I'd have to say Luka Doncic. Um, oh, yeah. He only, he has only played one team in his playoff career so far, um, but uh, you know I just think that there's just a just a, a magnetic energy uh, about the way that he plays the game and how he shows up uh, in the most important moments. Uh, I think you have to put Jason Tatum up there just for the 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 feats that he has as a scorer, as an improving playmaker. Um, you can just really see the way that he has used his previous playoff experiences. Uh, to make himself better, and he's only 23 years old. That's the, the scary part uh, with Jason Tatum. I mean, you certainly have to look at Trey Young, the, the way that he's embraced the moment. Uh, Nate McMillan's been so good for him just to get him to take care of the basketball, to get him to execute in the, the, you know, the, the key moments, uh, and that just goes for the, the Hawks team in general. Uh, but you know, those three definitely are, are ones that stick out. I think you still have to talk about guys like Devin Booker, who's only you know making his playoff debut right now, and so far has a split with LeBron James and the Lakers. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, another one. John Morant, they're everywhere, man. It's uh, it's really fun to watch, and you know, like you said, it's it's something to where I'm really curious to to where the league uh, goes, you know, marketing wise, and with with all of these you know early twenty somethings just taking the torch and, and running with it. And it's just really fun. Yeah, I know it's hard to pick just one, so I appreciate you playing along with me there. Um, yeah, Luca's been great. Trey Young's the cool thing with Trey Young is, and I think Draymond Green, you know, mentioned this on Twitter the other day that we've so we've all started to see that he's a big trash talker, and, and that's to me that's fun for the game, uh, makes it more exciting. I you know I love watching him ball and then do his thing, show off his swag a little bit. So yeah, it, it, like like we both have kind of said here. League is in good hands with these young guys. Let's go to the Lakers-Suns series, which you alluded to there when you talked about Devin Booker. Um, early headline was, of course, Chris Paul had the shoulder injury after game one. Now that attention kind of shifts to AD with the groin strain from yesterday, and it's all eyes on his status moving forward. Yes, the Lakers have LeBron. Yes, the Lakers' defense has been excellent this year. But can the Lakers win this series without AD? Well, now you kind of look at it from the perspective of Chris Paul seems to be healthier now. Yes. He even said on yes. the, you know, he didn't say it to the public, but like on camera, you could see him saying, I'm back, I'm back, after he made one <laughs> of those, you know, signature pull-up elbow shots. Um, I think, obviously, the Lakers can win uh, when you have LeBron James. You have LeBron James, you always have a chance. Uh, the, the question I have is, where is KCP? Is, is his health, is that quad okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, Anthony Davis is probably going to be out for the next two games at the very least, maybe even longer, I would assume, uh, just because groin, those groin injuries can be really, really tough to uh, recover from. Absolutely. Um, you're going to need Kyle Kuzma to step up. You know, uh, Dennis Schroeder's shown that, that, that he's been able to, you know, drive past guys, make shots, but I, I'm looking at Kyle Kuzma here, um, and then that's really where he's going to be needed uh, pretty much as the 
second or third guy, depending on, you know, where you see Dennis Schroeder in that, in that regard. But, you know, Kuzma's six of 23 in his last two games. Um, you know, he, he does a lot of good things. He gets you those extra possessions. He makes the right next play, but he's going to need to be aggressive. Like, like he can be the, that that's been the one thing about Kuzma as a scorer, at least, uh, that has been tough for him because of all of this, this roster movement and, you know, going out and getting Anthony Davis, bringing in all these different pieces is that it kind of took him away from what he was in his second year. So he adapted to his role. He, you know, became the energy guy. He went and go, you know, goes and gets rebounds, makes the right extra pass, plays some decent defense. Now he's going to have to kind of revert to what his old self was, especially if Anthony Davis is, is, is as hurt as we feel he could be. But, I mean, again, when you have LeBron James, he is somebody that elevates your team. And uh, as long as they continue to have that defensive intensity uh, that they do have, and they can take care of the ball. They don't give Phoenix any of these issues. Continue the deflections. Uh, they absolutely have a chance. I'm not going to ever rule out LeBron James, especially in a first-round matchup. But I am intrigued. <laughs> we definitely all are. And that's the thing. I mean, you never want to bet against LeBron. But, man, this thing is looking a little bit bleak because the Suns are good. And it's all about seeding, too, right? Like, them being the seventh seed and having to draw the Suns. Like, if they were the three seed and they were playing the um, the six seed, it'd be a little bit different. But because of where they're seated and, you know, their, their backs are kind of against the wall here, but that's where LeBron seems to thrive. So we'll see how it obviously plays out. Again, talking with Spencer Davies of Basketball News. A couple more questions for you here. Let's go to the East real quick. Bucks obviously dismantled the Heat to avenge that second-round loss from last year in the bubble. Maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like they've – kind of flown under the radar all season with the 76ers playing so well. And, of course, you have the Nets with the big three. And I feel like that role really works for them. And the addition of Drew Holiday has just been fantastic for that team. Are they almost a sneaky favorite in the East? Or do you think that they'll kind of run into a a mismatch once they see Philly or Brooklyn? No, no, I really don't. Um, I think that they do have the chops to do it. Uh, They were one of my sneaky teams coming into this, uh, as I said on my podcast. Um, like here's the thing about Milwaukee is that they spent all regular season experimenting, right? Um, you know, took the ball out of Giannis's hands, did some different defensive things, uh, you know, didn't always drop Brooke Lopez in coverage, did some switching, uh, changed their personnel. Obviously, you know, the off season that they had was, was huge. Uh, and think about it. They could have had Bogdan Bogdanovich too, if, if that stuff yeah. didn't go awry. You know, but you bring in a, a guy like a Bobby Portis to back up Brooke Lopez. You have Bryn Forbes, who went scorched earth in this series. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned Drew Holiday, and, and it's funny because a lot of people thought they gave up way too much for Drew Holiday. Well, turns out he's the most important player on their damn team. No doubt, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you add all that in. You have Giannis getting off the ball, having others make plays for him, making it easier on him because I've always had this theory that Giannis is – like a center, and, uh, you know, like when you use that size and you use that ability to, uh, you know, pass out of those, those short roll situations and uh, to, to be able to use, utilize your size and, and dunk over people. And, you know, the, the face-up jumper was working uh, on the baseline. Uh, I don't know if that continues. And Giannis didn't even shoot that well in this series, but he played excellent. So, I mean, I'm just – to to 
figure out what this looks like against the Nets once they get past the Celtics because I think that Milwaukee has the individual defenders to give those guys like Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, James Harden at least a, a, a difficulty to, to do what they usually do. Yeah, I'm really excited about that matchup as well. And, and I got to say, living in a, a small market like Cleveland, I think we can all sort of relate to the Bucks in a way of, hey, we want to see the small market team get it done. So I, I pull for the Bucks every time they're in the playoffs, and I, I hope they do go far. And I'm interested to see how those matchups kind of play out because, like you said, they're sneaky, but they have, I think, the personnel to potentially do it. All right, last thing, I'll get you out of here with this. Based on everything we've seen so far, first round, all that, what is the NBA Finals matchup that you are expecting? Give us your prediction real quick. I'm sticking to my guns. I'm going to do it. Say, say what I said before they even started. I'm going Sixers versus Clippers. Okay. Clippers are interesting, too. I, I had a question on here about the Clippers. Unfortunately, we're out of time. But Because, again, they fall down 2-0, and now they've battled back, and it seems like they've kind of righted the ship there. So, all right. All right. I like it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, uh, again, Spencer, thank you so much for joining the show. Really appreciate it. I, I'm limited on my NBA contacts, so you're number one at the top of my list now. Anytime I need a, an NBA guy, you're it. Appreciate you joining, man, and, and thanks so much. No problem, Spence. Appreciate you. All right, Spencer Davies of Basketball News. Again, really thankful for his time today on a holiday nonetheless. And he had some great stuff to say there about the NBA playoffs and, of course, the Cavs and their their future with Kevin Love. You can follow him on Twitter, at Spin Davies. Check out his work at Basketball News.